This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. Wonderful to watch what God's doing, so thank God we can continue to pray and believe God. Well, as you're turning to 1 Timothy 1, we're going to go to 1 Timothy, not 1, 1 Timothy 4, and then we'll go to 2 Timothy 4. Now, as you're turning there, I, I want to give you a couple thoughts. The, uh, the Father always works in line with the Word of God. The Holy Spirit always works in line with, with the Word of God. And in, in Psalms 138, it says that He has magnified His Word above His name. John 1.1, it says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And so you, you see over and over the significance of the Word of God. And so we think back in one of our main texts the past years on the area of faith is, is Romans 10.17. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The only way I'm going to get faith is I've got to hear the Word of God. So as God uh, operates through the Word of God, I must make the Word of God a part of my life. That the Word of God absorbs my heart and, and it becomes, this is who I am. I am the Word of God. No, no matter what the world says, no matter how I'm thinking, I live off of the Word of God. So when I get in the Word, that's the way that I feed my faith and I starve my doubts. The only way you're going to please God is you've got to learn to live by faith. Well, to get faith, i got to hear the Word of God. Now, the interesting thing about that, when he says faith come by hearing and hearing by the word of God, he didn't say there was a certain age. You had to be 10 or older. No, he didn't say that. He didn't say even if you're 70, you're too old, you can't. You can get in the word anytime you desire. And so I, I challenge you. Here, here's a better one. I double dog dare you to start getting in the word. Where you make the word of God priority in your life day by day. So we begin tonight, 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit, or the Holy Spirit, expressly, explicitly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith. Now this is a strong, strong warning from the Apostle Paul. And in most translations, I'm reading from the New King James Version, most translations where it says some will depart from the faith, the majority of them say many will depart from the faith. When I look at that, I, he's talking about people will depart from the true faith. So was he telling us many will begin to depart from walking in faith? Many will begin to depart from living by faith? Now, this is a big warning right here because he says in latter times. We're getting closer and closer and closer to the day of Jesus' return. So I, I believe personally we're getting into these latter times. And so if you, if you do not make a, a decision within your heart to purpose to say, I'm going to live by the word of God, this is going to happen, okay? Let me throw this out here for you, just a thought. How many of you know anybody right now, personally know them, that you've seen them depart from the faith? See, every one of us raising hands. This is a warning. Keep reading here with me. 
Some will depart from the faith, giving heed, paying attention to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. False teachers. They'll begin to teach things we shouldn't. So what happens here in abandoning God's word, they will become insensitive to spiritual truth. Verse 2. Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their own conscience seared with a hot iron. So a person who departs from the true faith falls prey to all sorts of traps. This is a warning. Now, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 4. 2 Timothy 4. And it's interesting that when he goes into this passage, and I'm talking about the Apostle Paul, He digs in even a little bit more here. Verse 1. I charge you. Now that word charge there literally means a testimony in the court of law. I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Now reading into that a little bit. Jesus is going to come back, okay? And he's going to judge us. Let me say that again. He's going to judge us. And if you'll note what he said right there. He's going to judge the living and the dead. Now when people tell me there is no life after death. Well if that's true. Why did he say he's going to judge the living and the dead? There is life after death. Okay. That's why it's important. Important. Get your family members here Easter Sunday because we don't see people get born again. And so he highlights stuff in here. We're going to be judged. We're going to be judged on how we believe the Bible, we reject the Bible in all those areas. Thank God for his mercy and thank God for the blood of Jesus. You ought to really say amen, amen, Pastor, amen. Verse 2, preach the word. Proclaim the word. Interesting statements right here. Preach the word. Don't tell them stories. Don't make them laugh. Don't just preach the word. Pretty simple. Be ready in season and out of season. Your job is to convince, to rebuke, to exhort with all long suffering and teaching. Long suffering and teaching. Verse 3, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. The time is coming that people will begin to prefer fables over the truth. They will not want sound doctrine. Now, let me ask you a question. Do do you desire sound doctrine? It's, it's very important that we stay with the Word of God. And I'm emphasizing this because I'm seeing this more and more and more take place where there is a rejection of the Word of God. And, and I can tell you there's times in my life when I get up to speak that I struggle with things I'm going to speak because I know people aren't going to like it. But it's the only thing that changes people. And so they don't reject me and they don't reject you. They reject the word of God. And it's interesting here how he gets over on this and says, 
For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires. And so guess what that means? Tell me what I want to hear, not what I need to hear. Do you know the Amplified says in this passage, show people in what way their lives are wrong. Oh, happy day. He goes on to say, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers. And these will be these teachers that will tell them what they want to hear. So when he says, preach the word, it's not 60% word, not 30% uh, uh, tradition, and not 30 or 10% unbelief. I've, I've got to live by the word of God. Now, I'm really highlighting this tonight. I, I must ask God to grace me with an appetite for the word of God. And, and let the word of God get into your children. Turn with me now to Hebrews chapter 4. Kind of a pattern here. 1 Timothy 4, 2 Timothy 4, now Hebrews chapter 4. I will tell you this too. We are not called to adjust the word and we're not called to dilute the word. Now, many of you have heard me say this before. The word of God is incredibly and sometimes annoyingly accurate. Sometimes I look at that and think, oh my gosh. But something happens in my life when I obey the word of God. And you're going to see this throughout tonight. I, I've got to learn to obey the word of God. Hebrews 4 verse 11. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest. Lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience or the same patterns of doubt and unbelief. They won't, read, they won't believe the word. Verse 12. For the word of God. For the living word of God. Is living. It's alive. It's powerful. It denotes something at work. It's active. It's effective. It's not idle. It's not inactive. It's not ineffective. But he said the word of God is alive. And the word of God is powerful. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. And he goes on to say in this in verse 12 there. Piercing even to the division of the soul and spirit and joints and morrows. The word of God is a discerner of my thoughts. It exposes my thoughts and the intents or the purposes of my heart. So God's word has the ability to uncover any part of my life. My thoughts. And so it's very powerful here that when I see all the things that he's talking about. Preach the word. Listen to the word. Let the word of God be alive and powerful within you. The word of God becomes my responsibility and your responsibility. And what I mean it becomes my responsibility. When it comes to the word of God, what you hear or don't hear is your responsibility. What you allow your mind to be renewed to, uh, Romans 12 too, don't be conformed to the world, but be renewed by the renewing of your mind by the word of God. What I allow my mind to be renewed to or not renewed, that's my responsibility. What comes out of my, my mouth pertaining to the word of God, that's my responsibility, your responsibility. And better stated, what I do with the word of God becomes my responsibility. 
So do I, do I highlight the Word of God? Do, do I make it important? Turn with me back into the Old Testament to 1 Samuel chapter 15. 1 Samuel chapter 15. Now I, I highlighted some of this in my Bible, and I know it wasn't that long ago that we were here. But when I begin to study on these lines, the, the significance of not only hearing the Word of God, but to obey it is so powerful. So, so powerful. 1 Samuel 15, verse number 1. Samuel also said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint you to be king over his people and over Israel. Now, therefore, heed the voice of the words of the Lord. Heed the word. Be, be diligent to the word. Now, I want you to think something here. When he, he, he uses the word heed, do I heed the word? Do I become diligent with the word of God that I hear? So Samuel's the prophet, and he instructs King Saul here. He's saying, listen, listen. You got to heed the word of God. You got to heed it. It's very important. Kind of like, don't depart from the faith. Heed it. Verse 2. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I will punish Amalek for what he did to Israel, how he ambushed him on the way when he came up from Egypt. And so remember, as the Israelites were on their way to the promised land, this, this guy, this people called the Malachites, they ambush him. Verse 3. Now go and attack Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and do not spare them, but kill both man and woman, infant and nursing, child, ox and sheep, camel and donkey. Now when I read verse 3, was God's word clear right here? Crystal clear. I mean, when you look at the assignment, he tells Saul to do right here. And so I have to ask myself, when it comes to the word of God and I see, do I listen to it? Do I hear it? And not only do I hear it, there's only two options when you hear the word of God. I either obey it or I disobey it. So Saul's got the direction of the word of God. He knows what he's called to do. Same chapter, verse 7. So Saul attacked the Malachites from Havilah all the way to Shur, which is east of Egypt. That way, Saul, you obeyed. Verse 8. He also took Agag, king of the Malachites, alive, and he utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. But Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep, the oxen, the fatlings, the lambs, and all that was good. And they were unwilling to utterly destroy them. But everything despised and worthless, they utterly destroyed. Now, when you look at what he did in verses 8 and 9. Sometimes we get over on the area and we think, maybe I know more than Father God. 
And in this area, he began to reason and think, I'm going to keep the best sheep. I'm going to keep the best oxen. But if we go back to look in verse 3, did he obey God's word? Look in the mirror of the word of God. Did he obey what God told him to do? And so it's very easy for me to compromise. It's very easy for us to say, you know what, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense. But when God gives me and you his word and he gives us command, he's not asking for our opinion. He's not asking, well, what do you think about this? He just looks to see, do I obey or I disobey? Verse 10. Now the word of the Lord came to Samuel saying, I greatly regret that I have set up Saul as king. For he has turned his back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel and he cried out to the Lord all night. And so when you look at what the Lord says here, it wasn't about partial obedience. Partial obedience is still a disobedience. It wasn't about selective obedience. It wasn't about multiple choice. It wasn't about what I think. It all comes down to this. Do I obey or do I disobey? Verse 17. Now I'm jumping for time's sake. So Samuel said... When you were little in your own eyes. You know what that means? When you were humble in your own eyes. Were you not the head of the tribe of Israel? And did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? Now the Lord sent you on a mission and said, Go and utterly destroy the sinners, the Malachites, and fight against them until they are consumed or exterminated. Why then did you not obey the voice of the Lord? Why did you swoop down on the spoil and do evil in the sight of the Lord? Now, when I read verse 19, within that verse right there, tells me what God thinks about disobedience. And, and when I look at this, I, I, I want this to get into my heart. Why did you swoop down on the and do evil in the sight of the Lord? So when I disobey Father God, no matter how I try to justify it, no matter how I try to reason it, no matter what our, our political arena says or right or wrong now, it all comes down to do I obey God or do I disobey God? He, he didn't say, let the majority decide, don't follow the crowd. It, it is this simple. Do I obey or do I disobey? But Saul said to Samuel, But I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. Wow. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. And I've gone on the mission with the Lord sent me and brought back to Agag, king of Amalek. And I've utterly destroyed the Amalekites. Now, when I look at this, and I believe you all will agree with me, with his words right here, would you say he's extremely deceived? I mean, he's saying, I did this, and I utterly destroyed the Malachites. And so what I see with deception, with every act of disobedience to the word of God, 
it moves me farther and farther in deception. Think about this. Every time I disobey the word of God, it moves me farther and farther into deception. And the farther I go into deception, the harder my heart gets. And it's almost like life becomes very cloudy. You say, Pastor, sounds like you've been there. I have. And this is what's happening with him. Verse 21. But the people took of the plunder, the sheep and the oxen, the best of the things which should have utterly been destroyed to sacrifice to the Lord your God in Gilgal. Human nature. Oftentimes when God corrects, human beings have the ability to start blaming. And that's what he said. It was the people. But we go back to the very beginning of 1 Samuel 15 verse 1. And he sent the prophet Samuel to anoint him as the king. So you want to pat him on the back and say, wait a minute, big fella. You were the one here in charge. You're the one who led. You're the one who said, let's do this. Verse 22. Ooh, get ready. This is good. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings as in sacrifices, or better yet, religious activity has no value. As in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. To obey is better than sacrifice. And to heed, to be diligent to obey is better than the fat of the rams or the sacrifice. Now listen real close to verse 23. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Wow. And stubbornness is as an iniquity as idolatry. Saul's motives right here are shown to be rebellion and stubbornness. And both of those are direct results when mankind is in opposition to God's word. So what you begin to see when I don't obey the word of God and I don't repent and I say, Lord, grace me to obey you. You will begin to see stubbornness and you will begin to see rebellion rise up in your life. Now his teaching is incredible to me. When you look at the last part here, get this. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. Now, when I read that, here's what I get off of that. Do you reject the word of God? Or do you welcome the word of God? The difference is obedience and disobedience. It's one or the other. And there's consequences. I open the door to blessings in my life when I choose to obey the Lord. But I open the door up to junk in my life when I disobey the Lord. And I don't care how you spell your name. 
None of us in here are exempt. Turn with me to the book of James chapter 1. James chapter 1. Now, I'm just trying to show you tonight the significance of the word of God. That something happens when we choose to obey the word of God. Day by day, by day, by day. And I, I, I encourage you to begin to ask the Lord, grace me with obedience. Grace me to obey. Not only to obey, grace me to obey you quickly and quietly. Now, how many of you, well, don't, don't even raise your hands. Every one of us in here that had children, when you tell your child to make your bed, It's a real blessing to you when they do it the first time and they do it quickly. Now you think about it in this light. How many of you have ever had to tell a child to do it twice? How many of you say, Pastor, I got one. If he'll do it after the 20th time, it's a miracle. But how many of you as a parent... Love when your children do it, and they do it quietly and quickly. How many of you got a child when you tell them to make the bed? They roll their eyes at you. Stomp their feet and walk off. And the reason I'm highlighting this is we know what that does to us as parents. It irritates you. But also I know what the Bible says in Ephesians 6. It says, children, honor and obey your mother and father, which is the first commandment with promise. That it will be well with you and long life on this earth. But the reason I highlight that is, how do you act when Father God asks you to make the bed? Do I obey quickly and quietly? Do, do I roll my eyes? See, obedience is in my action, honors in my attitude. So I go back to when I was a young boy. My, my job every day was to take out the trash. And so I knew that was my job. We had this big uh, board inside one of the doors. And you would open it up and you would see your name and it would tell you what you're supposed to do that day. I would obey and I would take out the trash. I would do it. Because I knew there were severe consequences if I didn't do it. But there were a lot of days that I, when I took the trash out, I belly ached all the way to the dumpster. I would be mad about it. I would be upset about it. So again, it's just not obedience. It's my heart behind the obedience. So when I read the word of God, it's like, thank God. Thank God. This may help you to think about the word of God, the Bible. This thing called the B-I-B-L-E, this is your owner's manual for life. 
And the more I get into the owner's manual, the better thing things begin to do in my life. How many of you ever tried to put a bike together without going to the owner's manual? It's a recipe for disaster. James chapter 1, verse 21. Therefore lay aside all filthiness... Abandon everything morally impure. One translation says the demonic activities and overflow of wickedness, wicked conduct or excessive evil and receive with meekness, receive with humility the implanted word of God which is able to save your soul. The implanted word of God. So right there he's telling me I need to absorb the word of God in my heart right here. And so the implanted words which God has taken or his desire is that it literally takes root in my heart. I need the word of God to take root on the inside of me. Verse 21. But be doers of the word and not hearers only. Don't just listen to the word, but respond to it. Why? Because when I just hear the word, but I don't ever do anything with the word, he said, you'll deceive yourself. You will literally mislead yourself. Very similar to what was beginning to happen with King Saul. The very deception that when we think we can take shortcuts, we think we can look at some of the commandments of God and think, well, that's multiple choice. So when I begin to hear the word of God, it goes back to the statement, I become responsible, what am I going to do with it? And so he says, be doers of the word and not hearers only. Verse 25. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty. Can I tell you what the perfect law of liberty is? It's the Bible. It's the word of God. Interesting statement. Whoever looks into the perfect law of liberty. Whoever looks into the law. You know what that means? I got to get into the word. I get into the word and God will begin to get into me. And if you'll stay with the word, the word will work. Just stay with it. How long, pastor? Until it takes root. And then stay with it and stay with it and stay with it. And that's why I highlight so many times that in my own life, the way the word of God took root in my heart is I would write it on three by five cards. I would paste those things all over the place. And I'd get up and I'd see it in the mirror and I'd quote the word of God. You got to stay with it. Stay Stay with the perfect law of liberty. Get into the word. And he goes on to say, and continues in it. Well, Pastor, I, I quoted it hard for two days in a row and nothing happened. Continue in it. Make it a part of your life. It's alive and powerful on the inside of me. And he continues in it. And is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. 
This one will be blessed in what he does. Who's this one? The one who gets into the perfect law of liberty and he continues with it. And he said, this one will be blessed. And so God promises his word won't return void if we'll just stay with it day by day by day. Just keep staying with it. Keep speaking the word and keep, keep, keep believing it in your life. You know, uh, I, I don't know if anybody's in here experienced this week. This has been a week here just for several days. I, I normally really sleep real well. I hadn't slept real well for a couple nights. And I know God's not the problem with my sleep. And so years and years back, when I'd have issues with my sleep, I, I would get, I'd get a hold of the Word of God in these areas. Anybody in here having problems with their sleep right now? Well, get your pen ready. Psalms 127, 2. Psalms 4 and 8. Proverbs 23, 4. Ecclesiastes 5. They, they all talk about our sleep. And the Bible said he gives his beloved sweet and peaceful sleep. I didn't say that. God said that. And so I said to the Lord, I said, I'm telling you tonight, Father God, in the name of Jesus, you promised me sweet and peaceful sleep. Stay with the word, okay? Stay with it. The reason I highlight that, because I don't want you to come back and say, Pastor, I did that last Wednesday night and nothing happened. Stay with it. Stay with it. Just keep speaking the word of God over your life in those areas. And watch what God will do. And then get an expectation of it and say, Oh, Father God, you said the one who gets into the perfect law of liberty, the one who looks into it and continues, this one will be blessed. You know what I think happens many times with us as believers? We give up too quick. Remember, it's a marathon. Stand the word. Stand up here with me. I know this was kind of a hard dose of stuff tonight, but I, I really sense God is wanting to do something within us right here. He's, he's wanting to, to put some fresh faith. Now, I want you to bow your head because I want to pray over you here. Father God, we thank you for your word tonight. And Lord, just, just through the, the warnings through the Apostle Paul and Timothy, the, the departing of the faith. And Lord, if there's ones in this room, and if it's you, it's okay. You need to admit this. If there's ones right now that have one foot in and one foot out, Lord, we pray a grace that pulls them back in. Pulls them back in where they do not depart from the faith. And Lord, we pray right here that the Word of God, that we are told to preach the Word of God, that it's welcome. It's welcome. And you may want to say to the Lord, Lord, right now, I, I welcome your word into my life. Open the eyes of my understanding. And Father God, we ask right now that there be a grace upon our lives to obey you. To obey your word fully and completely. And Father God, right now, we pray, James 1, that you would help us to be doers of the word, not ears only. 
And Lord, I thank you right now. You, you place a spirit of encouragement in here. Holy Spirit, you would begin to work within us. Lord, I pray the fruit of long suffering. We stay with it. We stay with it, Father God, and we don't give up. And we thank you for hope tonight. Lord, we pray your blessing in here. Stir up our faith in this room. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. And Father God, we ask you to bless our week. All for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.